0: I'm back, baby. And not a moment too soon. Hopefully it's not too late. Today I want to connect two of my favorite things, that is Middle Earth and America. But before I do this, I need to tell you another story. So let's get started. Welcome and thank you for joining the podcast. This is Right All Week. I'm your host. My name is Dave. If you would like to connect on any of the usual social media networks, you can look for the username at Write All Week. And if you want to send an email, the address is writeallweek at gmail.com. And of course, on all of the podcast platforms, however, you are enjoying this content, video or audio, uh, n- engagement is the most beneficial thing thing that you can do, which is, of course, it's good for me. It's good for you. It's good for our country. It's why I do this, because I love America and the people who are in it. That includes you. So for all our sakes, please comment, share, like. All of those good things are helpful for all of us. Now, last time I did a podcast, I said I was ready to come back. I was very excited to do that. And then the next time it was time to go again, I don't know how well you can see this, but uh, my lights broke. And so uh, that was kind of a little bit of sabotage maybe, I don't know. It didn't work out, I was a little bit bummed. But if you follow those social media networks I just mentioned a moment ago, you will have seen some little snippets, some blurbs, some short excerpts, some, or some quick comments that were uploaded between then and now. But today, as promised, I wanna connect Middle Earth to America in a message that I believe is very important. But let's start with another story. This is a real story, that ha- um, which I am a character, and it was not too long ago. Because I am trying to build a brand for right all week, and I do what normal people do. When you're trying to build a brand, you make a page and you invite friends and family to follow and like so that way, hopefully you can get a little bit of a following and you can help with the algorithms and you get a little bit more exposure and that's kind of how you build the audience, right? Well, one of these friends replied to the invitation to follow and like the, just the page, not even to really do any of the engagement or sharing of the content, just the invitation to, hey, here's the page, right? Uh, replied with a message saying something of the effect that, you know, they're just, they prefer to live an apolitical life and they just kind of want to keep their head down and don't really want to engage in any of those things. So I thought to myself, well, you know, obviously I care about my friends and and including this person, obviously they're my friend, right? So I didn't want to do anything to offend them. And I messaged back and I'm like, hey, listen, I care about you as a person more than I care about your liking my page and sharing my stuff, right? Like your, our relationship, person to person, peer to peer is way more important than clicks on the internet to me, you know? So, and that's for real. Uh, But I didn't address anything else apart from that, but I do intend to address that now, and that is the other part about it—the idea that we can—we're living in a time now where somehow or another, you can still be apolitical and just keep your head down, and you're going to be okay someone like myself, maybe other people who are, you know, well-meaning and kind-hearted might agree and say, you know what, sure, that's fine. I want you to have a peaceable life, and I want you to have all good things, and I don't want you to feel like you're pressured to do anything and that you have to engage or that there's any other requirements of you other than to just, you know, do normal life, take care of your family and your loved ones and, and build a future for future generations. Like, that's the normal stuff, and I think we should all encourage everybody to do that, and I wish, I wish it was true that there's nothing else required, but I sincerely believe that is not the case, okay? Because that's as much as someone like myself. And others who I can think of, again, people who are biblically conservative, and so of course they're going to be, because they're believers and followers in Jesus, and they do believe in love and kindness and grace and mercy, they're not going to believe in things like, I need to pressure you and use fear to manipulate you and try to cause you to do things that you're uncomfortable with doing. Like, that is satanic really and that's kind of what we're seeing but there's another side of that coin the the one that i'm explaining right now and saying the other guys aren't like that at all okay they're not okay with just you can just keep your head down and you just do you and it's out and it's okay they're really not i heard a story recently that there are large numbers of individuals who consider themselves to be on the on the blue side, quote unquote, right? And they live in places that are, they believe they, they are liberal, progressive, leftist strongholds, and that it's safe for them to leave those places and they will not be weakening the, the, the base in that area. And so as a collective, they will move to places that are currently red and maybe kind of uh, questionable. Like they believe that maybe they can kind of help Can uh, bring about a swing vote so they can shift places that are currently trending towards the right and help them shift and start to trend towards the left. Okay, so this is, first of all, an example of what I'm saying right here. They're not okay with you just chilling and doing your thing. They are going to try to find a way to make sure that they bring their agenda to you. Now, the other thing that I'm saying, the reason that this story that's currently available on the internet, the reason it's applicable is because this actually kind of represents the way in which we're supposed to do political uh, conflict in our nation. The idea that it's a United States, right? So we should be able to, if you want one state to be different, or if you don't like the state that you're in, then go to another state that does it the way that you like it. Or if you believe genuinely and you think sincerely that there's another place that's in danger of doing things the wrong way, and you wanna help create a, a, a what you believe is the right direction for that place, then yeah, that's how you do it. You go there, we call that missions, you know, in the church, right? So they're basically planning to do a ministry by relocating to places that are, you know, light red so that they can help swing them to blue. Now, on the other side of this coin though, if you look at people traditionally, your conservatives and your slight right individuals, they like their comfort. They like the peaceable status quo that we have right now. And they're really not okay with making themselves uncomfortable and doing anything to push back against stuff like that. That's the real problem. The idea that people would live according to their convictions and try to steer the direction of the nation in the same direction of their convictions. That's not crazy. The crazy thing is that there are people who say they have convictions who are not willing to do anything in defense of the nation that they believe is under threat. And that's really where we are. Because again, they're not okay with you just sitting back and you do you. They want to bring in their agendas of tyranny and their censorship and their degeneracy and their infanticide. They want to subjugate you and collect jizya in perpetuity. And that is their intention. And so as much as somebody like myself who's going to say, hey, I don't want to pressure you, the other guys are totally coming to pressure you. And that's the state of things right now. You cannot just mistake uh, peace and quiet. You need to understand that there is no peace. They're calling peace where there is no peace. And what they actually want is your servitude, your compliance, your silent obedience. That's what they're after. So how does this connect with Middle Earth? Well, actually, I want to highlight a scene that is actually very different in the movies and in the books. If you've seen The Two Towers, then you are familiar with a scene where Mary and Pippin are trying to convince uh, Ents, they have the, they've, had time building relationship with Treebeard, and they're trying to convince them that they need to enter the conflict because all of Middle-earth is in danger, the enemies are conspiring against men, and pretty much anybody who's not an orc, right? They just want to wipe them all out because the time of the orc has come. And so they're trying to persuade the Ents, and the Ents have their big giant Ent Moot, and they take a really long time to have a conversation, and in the movies they decide that it's not their conflict. And then you see, you know, the hobbits, of course, they're terrified and they're freaked out and Mary even shouts at them. And he's like, how can you, he wants to know, how do you possibly come to this conclusion? And asks him, are you not a part of this world? You know, he's like, you're a part of this world. How is it possible that this is not going to affect you? And of course, There's the the scene later where they cleverly redirect him so that he sees all the destruction of Saruman in Fangorn Forest, A wizard should know better, and now it's time to go to war with rock and stone, right? Now, let's do Treebeard versus Treebeard, because it's actually a very different story if you're reading it in the books. And the Treebeard in the book is the one who decides for himself. He would actually convince the Treebeard in the movies that it's time to act. And he says, as they're going to preparing for battle, he says, of course, it is likely enough, my friends, he said slowly, likely enough that we are going to our doom, the last march of the Ents. But if we stayed at home and did nothing, doom would find us anyway, sooner or later. The thought has long been growing in our hearts, and that is why we are marching now. It was not a hasty resolve, but now at least the last march of the Ents may be worth a song. See, they could have tried staying at home so that they wouldn't suffer the struggles and the difficulties, the consequences and the pain of warfare. But sooner or later, The doom would come for them anyways. And this is the truth of anybody now who wants to stay at home for the sake of your comforts, because we still want to be allowed to watch Netflix and all these fun little programs that are streaming on television. And we'll just pay a little bit more at the grocery store. And we'll pay a little bit more at the gas station. And we'll just pay a little bit more in pretty much every area of our lives. And we won't actually say anything. And we'll just abdicate all the areas of public discourse and the public decency just keeps going and shifting, sliding further down towards degeneracy as the whole nation moves closer and closer towards the ash heap of history. Meanwhile, as long as I'm not disturbed, as long as I'm not made uncomfortable, as long as I don't have to actually be the one who stands up and says something, then it's you're basically saying it's okay, right? It's the age-old quote, the only thing that evil needs in order to succeed is for good men to do nothing. So this is what we have nationwide, as good people doing nothing. Let me share one more story with you. It's story time with Daddy Dave today. And this one comes from our history books. We fought a long, long time ago in a a Middle Eastern land, far, far away, in a place now known as Israel. Okay, the Israelites were originally directed to go in and they were supposed to possess this land. God had identified, hey, who's the righteous people? Who are the unrighteous people? And I need to choose a a people through whom I will bring redemption to the whole planet. And they're going to possess this land. They're going to be my mediator to the rest of the planet. And then later I'm going to birth a conciliator through these people. So he tells them to go into the land and wipe out all of the unrighteous people who were there. Now, if you've read your Bible, you've been to Sunday school, then you already know that they made some exceptions on their way through. Some of it was out of greed and some of it was out of fear. But then later, you have this interesting time when these people who were spared they all unify together. The Ammonites, the Edomites, the Moabites, they join together and come in force against the Israelites. And the Israelites cry out to God and, you know, they have like a a giant solemn assembly, so it's like a revival prayer meeting, but they're calling out to God for help and saying, hey, these people, these Edomites, these Moabites, and, uh, these Ammonites, like we spared these people when we came in. We showed them mercy, and this is how they reward our kindness. They now come at us with violence so that they can take us out of our homes, take us away from our land, the thing that we were supposed to be promised, the thing that was supposed to be ours. They want to come and take it away from us so that we will literally have nothing, and that is the reward for our kindness towards them. And so, I mean, the story obviously evolves from there. In fact, these are conflicts that are as, as almost as old as all of humanity, as, as long as these genealogies, they still persist. And so, this is a lesson that we have the opportunity to learn here now, is that when is it the right time to not just be a doormat? To How do you make sure that you're not mistaking peacemaking and peacekeeping with just keeping quiet so I'm not personally uncomfortable. You see, this is the important distinctions that we have to make. Sometimes peacemaking is a little bit messy. And oftentimes it requires some risk on your part. It means putting yourself in danger, because if the conflict is between others and people maybe who you, if you are somebody who believes in biblical justice, then you have a responsibility to help make sure that justice is ensured for other people, like the innocent and the oppressed and those who are being led to the slaughter. uh, That's part of your job. So if uh, you see that happening, then that kind of means that you have to take the risk and put yourself in harm's way as you stand in between the oppressor and the oppressed. Which, of course, that does not look like just staying at home, keeping my head down, being apolitical, and just enjoying all the benefits and comforts that America has to offer while risking nothing to protect it. So this is the message that I want to share with everybody. I think, honestly, it might be one of the most important things that I've said so far, and which is why I am going to thank everybody who's actually watched this, listened to this, and say, if, there's, if you have yet to share any of my content, please start with this one. Because I believe it's very important for all of us to be willing to make a stand for the things that we say this is right, this is true, this is beautiful, this is just. If you aren't willing to say it, then how do you know you really believe it? To be honest with you, you need to be honest with yourself. Do I really believe the things that Jesus says are right? Do I believe the things that, you know, the, the founding fathers who I love and respect, do I really believe in the things that they say are right? Do you really believe in the vision of America that has been handed down to us from generation to generation? If you do, you will act like you do. And uh, I think starting with something as simple as taking a risk of losing some friends on Facebook by sharing a very pointed podcast, Might be a good place to start building some, some courage, if I could just say that. Again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming here for content. I do hope that you will come back for more. Again, this is Right All Week, and this is where I talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters.